subject. Yes, hello. Have you missed these lesbians? Have you missed these gay... Well, you're a queer man now, aren't you, James? Queer, uh, you know, I waffle back and forth between mm. queer and gay. Some Sometimes I feel more queerish. But mm-hmm. it's, I've been gay man a long time. Although you said these lesbians, and I was like, I I could be down with being a lesbian right now. That's fine. Hey, you know, you know what? Know. We're just a couple of lesbians chit chatting about things <laughs> and <laughs> chatting and doing what lesbians do. Yeah, just you know, <laughs> scissoring and talking and cuddling. That's what we do. <laughs> scissoring and talking and giggling. Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, that was the that was the original <laughs> name of this show. Scissoring and talking and giggling. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's scissoring and talking and giggling in the afternoons. <laughs> Oh boy! Did you get? Did you miss us? Did you miss? Did us? you miss did us? Because we missed you. We certainly <laughs> did. Uh, I'm Allie. Dr. James Simmons with me, and we did have a, a little bit of time off. Thank you for your patience, and hope that Dr. Jen was keeping you company uh, last week. Uh, you know, hey, everybody needs love advice, especially now. Love in the times of COVID is always complicated. So hopefully, she helped some of you out. And, uh, and you know, James, you had some much needed vacation. You've been working steadily since I met you. I mean. Doing your 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 uh, dissertation and getting your doctorate and working on our show with us and working at the hospital during COVID, everything. And so you finally got a few days off, much needed time to relax, and you chose the Bay Area where there were tons of wildfires. So how the hell was that? I assume uh, stress-free. My, yeah, completely, 100% stress-free. Yeah, this was a very 2020 sort of thing. To be like, because originally, you know, I got to back up the story a little bit. Originally, we were supposed to be in Europe. And obviously, that didn't happen. So the European trip got canceled, but we got our refund back from the like cruise deposit we had put down, the airplane flights, the hotel stuff. Like, we got all that money back. So we're like, great, we got this money back. Let's pay off a little bit of debt. And then let's do like a mini vacation. So at first, we were going to do an RV trip. We were going to do the thing, which lots of people are doing right now. So we're like, we're going to get an RV. And we're going to drive around the country. And we're still going to take three weeks off. And then that kind of fell apart for multiple reasons. And then we're like, ah, we're just going to take the RV and we're going to drive for like 10 days. And maybe I'll go see my parents. And my parents, all four of them. Pairs down, pairs down. They were like, yeah. They were like, no, we don't want you to come here. (laughs) They're (laughs) like, you you live in California. There's more cases there than here. Like, stay away. We're like, okay, fine. And all four of my parents have like health issues and whatever. So, okay, we get it. All right. No RV trip. Fine. Check. No, go see the parents in an RV for a shorter trip. Okay, fine. Let's just drive to Glacier. Let's just like get in the car and just like drive to Glacier. No. They're like, don't come to Glacier, please. There's too many people here already. And it was going to take us like six days to get there or something because it's so far away. All right, fine. So then we're like, okay, we will just go to the Bay Area, like, but not in the city, right? Like we both... Chris and I both spent time in San Francisco. Like we didn't want to be in the city. We wanted to be rural, just get a little Airbnb all by ourselves. So we're driving, driving, driving. And what do you know? We drive right through not one, but both of the, at the time, the second and third largest wildfires in California history. And we plop ourselves in our little Airbnb right in between the two fires. (laughs) So (laughs) we're just like hanging out, not able to do much because you can't really breathe. And you're trying. Oh, 2020. Oh, you. (laughs) And you're trying not to be like, we're trying to not be a drain on the resources of the community, right? Like these communities are, people are evacuating to the communities and like, People need groceries in the grocery store because their families need to eat because they're living in a hotel because they got evacuated from their towns. Nope. 
we're just like we're here on vacation so we're like be real quiet just gonna keep to myself just gonna chill right yeah and i think since then since your trip there have been about 75 more fires up in the (laughs) area so (laughs) at least right you are probably in one of the better parts of it because (laughs) i mean everybody that i talk to that still lives in the bay area including my family it's like a daily, it was like a daily check-in being like, how's it going? I see smoke, I see fire, but it's not, okay, it hasn't jumped the freeway yet, yada, yada, yada. So what did you even get to do? Did you just chill in a cabin for a few days? We did. We chilled in a cabin for the first few days. We played bocce ball in in, in the yard <laughs> yeah. of this house. No. Mm-hmm. Do you know what bocce ball is? Yes, I do, actually. Oh, My do mother, this is the strangest thing I'm ever going to tell you, but my mother has a bocce ball court in the backyard. <laughs> How have I been on the air with you for like eight months now? And I'm just now finding out the, that your mother had a, has a bocce ball court in her like backyard. Like a huge one. They what? bought a house a couple of years ago in Morgan Hill, which is not too far from probably where you were at. And uh, one of the big things about the house was they had a pool, but then uh, right next to it is this giant long, like takes up the whole wraparound side of the house bocce ball court and it was wasn't like they were big bocce people but they were like okay cool and so now there's this gigantic bocce ball court so that's the only way i know how to play is because of that random because it's there but feature do, of the house does your family play now though like do you no play? no <laughs> we played for like two weeks when we got that when they got the house we we're like wow cool and then now we're like can we just cover this up and put another pool there <laughs> right, right like can we just wrap around another pool well it's it's very different than we played bocce ball just like wherever like in the yard like you know like no official court whatever we have a little set that someone gave us once just because i don't know it's random and if you have a yard long enough to do it you can just do it so we sort of play our own modified version of like drinking bocce ball and you know chris and i have basically been together 24 7 like everyone else since the beginning of march and so then you put us drinking in the middle of two of the largest fires in california history playing bocce ball and drinking wine because we're kind of semi in wine country and bocce ball gets a little interesting (laughs) (laughs) to say the least we're like where did that ball go a little more ball right hey you know what i'm saying okay It was well, it was great though. All in all, to to wrap it up, it was fantastic. I I unfortunately didn't really we rewind, rewind, unwind. There we go. Until you don't even know what it is. I don't know what it is. I didn't. Until, what's that thing? It's called stress, but it's I like think, the other part of it where you're yeah, not. I don't know where you're not uh, stressed. So I think I got unstressed. I think anyway. I'm happy mm-hmm. to be back, and I missed y'all, and I missed you, Allie. Um, you know, you and I do all the work for this show, and I missed you a lot, just tremendously. Just you. I missed you and you alone. Yes, yes I think you we both you know alone. that. And and yeah. Jesse, hi. Uh, oh, good oh. to see you. And I think you went on a vacation too, but we won't talk about that. We'll do the Monday Monday report after this drop the subject the new channel q what's a lovely monday on drop the subject ali johnson james simmons you know we have not had necessarily a chance listeners to talk about you know there's a few things that have been going on in the last couple of weeks because we've been away there was a dnc with huge amazing like legendary individuals speaking, Barack Obama and Joe Biden and and Kamala Harris and you know other people. There were Republicans that were speaking at that. Kerry was, Washington was hosting. Kerry I mean, this wa- was like yeah. Anybody who is and the bands, Billie Eilish, anybody who had ever said no to uh, or or threatened to sue Trump for playing their music at his rallies. <laughs> Was performing at the DNC. Basically, perform- the chicks performed. They did the national anthem. Like it was, it was phenomenal. I loved having Julia Louis Dreyfus host and Eva Longoria host and all of those things. It was, it was great. And then we had the RNC. 
the, the with tr- the people who pulled guns on those BLM protesters. Yeah. Oh, and the kid from that rally thing that was staring that indigenous guy in the face. <laughs> and Trump, Trump. Don't forget, we had Trump. Oh yeah, and Trump, Trump, Trump. Sorry, Trump headlined Trump. all four nights. And well, we had all four four of his. 18 kids or whatever too like the ones he remembers like the ones he actually acknowledges although he doesn't really acknowledge tiffany trump that often but you know she was part of it like yeah i'm we, sure her book is next yeah <laughs> it's it's coming it's coming for sure we had lots going on rnc's dnc's and unfortunately fires and hurricanes and lots of really Kelly crazy and conway crazy leaving the stuff. white house oh yeah good and, news for you and her husband george conway leaving the lincoln project yes so much has happened like the the weeks that we've been gone have been things that we would be covering top to bottom yeah. on all angles and in depth. We don't want to leave you drop the subject listeners high and dry. We we know that we have to get down to the nitty gritty, to the things that are really most important because this is what you why you tune in and listen every day. And we appreciate that. And so um because of that, we we cannot we would be remiss if we did not bring up the next quarantine cooking craze, Allie Johnson Cloudbread. Yes, that's right, James. It is the Monday Munch Report. That sounds good. I'll have that. Yes, 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 yes. What are you doing? I'm blotting the grease. It's the best part. Let me see that. Perhaps just as important as the RNC and the DNC and the news about Run DMC, all of the C's and the D's. I think we should cover in depth cloud bread because it is a new cooking trend. And you know that on this show and on the airwaves of Channel Q, we want to cover top to bottom anything that is food related, but also anything that is colorful food related because we are a queer radio station after all. Well, but of course, and we, do, we, we, we bring color to everything, including a little food dye in your bread that's not really bread. I guess this yeah, is what so cloud let's, bread let's is. Let's break it down. Yeah, because I think one of the last times we did Monday Munch Report, we were talking about uh, pancake cereal. People were getting real crazy with cereal. And then they were putting their f- f- cereal in the freezer. There was all kinds of stuff going on with cereal. Now it seems that bread has made a resurgence. And basically, it's not really bread. It's egg whites all mixed up. Then you add a bunch of sugar. Then you add a bunch of cornstarch. And then you add some some... <laughs> dye some color dye whatever color you want if you want to make it look like a unicorn's anus you can use a nice hodgepodge of different colors there's a dye for that there's unicorn butt do you just go get no it's anus for sure you just go get (laughs) you just like google unicorn anus dye and amazon will overnight it to you i you know what i don't even need to look that up Uh because i know that that's real you can trust everything that comes out of my mouth (laughs) (laughs) so you, you mix all that up, you put it on a piece of parchment paper, and then you put it in the oven. And what you end up with, and this is a TikTok sensation, millions of views for everybody's uh, uh, different cloud bread recipes and different concoctions that they've made in different colors. You basically end up with what looks like a molded, an infected brain. <laughs> or, I mean, it's brown on the outside, and then you open it up, and it just, it looks, it looks, James, you are a doctor, do you think this looks like some kind of a horrible infection of the genitals? Oh, my. Uh, which is infections of the genitals are a real thing. They're really bad. I, I believe it is. It's similar. It's close. Although I think it's all about your food dye game. So, like, if you if That's you true. really do go the, like, unicorn anus dye route, it's going to look like infected anus. But if you, if you, like, really, I think you commit to a color. None of this mixing and getting crazy and trying to be like, it's pink here and, like, purple there and whatever. Just be like, no, I want a hard, deep, 
sky blue (laughs) cloud bread because it's cloudy, right? I just don't, they're trying to be like, here's the thing about cloud bread though, with these ingredients. So it's egg whites, two and a half tablespoons of sugar, four teaspoons of cornstarch, and then your optional food coloring, right? They're like, it's healthy. Well, well, no, it's not just because things don't have cheese and carbs in them doesn't make them healthy. Right. I, I'm not sure like the egg whites, if you're looking for protein, that's fine. But most people who are looking for protein and protein primarily only, they're also not looking for sugar. And two and a half tablespoons of sugar is kind of a lot of sugar for this one little ass loaf of bread that comes out that looks like infected unicorn butt genitals. but you know what this is where we're at with 2020 people are trying to bring any kind of fun or sense of colorful excitement to anything that they are doing so they've been making bread and they're like all right another sourdough another loaf another day right how can i take it to the next (laughs) level how can i make it more exciting well why don't we just start adding food dye to everything and hey do what you want. Make your cloud bread. Who knows? I'm probably knocking it. I'm going to be doing it this weekend. I have no idea where where my <laughs> right. life is going to turn because that's just how we roll. And you'll be like, it's amazing. This is the best thing I've ever made. Cloud bread. Yeah. Ah. Yay. Colorful genitals. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. You know you missed it. It's News It or Lose It time with Ellie and James. Here's how it works. It's very simple. I have two headlines. James has two headlines. We have scoured the internet, and we found the two most interesting stories that we would like to talk about. Uh, I will read both my headlines. James must news one and lose the other. Are you ready to hear your headlines? Oh, I'm ready. Headline number one. The Cheers Bar in Boston is going to permanently close. Oh, that's super sad. Uh, I have you ever been? I have been. I have been. That's the only one of the only things that I remember about my trip to Boston. I was there for one night <laughs> because I was auditioning for colleges for acting school, uh, uh-huh. and that was like the one thing we're like, I don't know. Let's just go to the Cheers restaurant. <laughs> You're like, sure, okay. Um, I think that's all we need to know, though. I will lose. All right, then you are hearing my second story, which uh-huh. that is is that a new study has found a surprising cure for stress. <gasps> oh, yeah, I definitely want to hear that. Okay. Is it but actually surprising? Your- wait, okay, wait. All right, let me do my stories first. Okay. <clears throat> Number one, here's what the Taco Bell of the future will look like. Yeah, news it. Oh, okay, we're newsing it. Ding, ding, ding. Then what you missed, Allie is another Taco Bell-themed story. A Taco Bell employee saved a man's life after he passed out in the drive-thru. Ah, you know, I did hear about this, so I'm glad that I used the first story because I cannot wait to hear about Taco Bells of the future. Let me tell you about this new surprising cure for stress, and you can tell me a further de-stressing story about Taco Bell. (laughs) About Taco Bell, which always cures everyone's stress. All right, I have two words for you, James. Mm Mm-hmm. Forest therapy. That's right. Wandering around in the woods without your cell phone. It's a serial killer's dream come true, but it's going to help you become less stressed. Here's what you do. You decide where to go in the random woods, and then you leave your phone at home so that you can really connect with nature. You walk slowly throughout the path, staying present in the moment, and you literally stop and smell the roses. Is this this where we are? 
Is this yes, where we are yes, at a society is. that we have to publish an article that then we read and that we present to our millions of listeners a story about how to de-stress when basically we have to go for a damn walk? That's what we have to do. Like this, this is the world we live in now. We have to actually trick people into going out into nature. And what do they say? Go for our 20 minute walk in the forest. That's about it with your phone. I can't. Ugh, people. Spending at least two hours a week outdoors in a natural setting without your phone is linked to good health and well-being, according to this new study. And they said specifically you see a reset of the nervous system where people start coming back to a healthier baseline. I mean, I feel like this is common knowledge. We don't do it. Maybe the angle of this should be This is some things that we used to do as human beings for like twenty nine and a half thousand years, but we haven't Mm -hmm. done them in the last, you know, couple decades. So, like, let's start doing this again because we haven't evolved fast enough to keep up with our technology. So no wonder we're all crazy. No, I mean, we're basically when you walk around in nature at night, you get the sky, which is like the Netflix of the of of nature, mother nature. Yeah. uh You during the day, you've got like the the animal planet version of you know it's real life animal planet and if we but if we are wandering around in the woods with no phone uh, i think this is prime real estate for an animal takeover they're like okay well now they're just vulnerable idiots (laughs) because they're just they're just everywhere and they can't call anyone for help (laughs) do you think the wolves know that they're like this dude doesn't have a cell phone I think that they've been having a cognitive revolution (laughs) under our noses. All right, let's let's hear (laughs) Taco Bell of the future. Allie Johnson, it's a it's an unbelievable. It is a force of nature. It is an architectural wonder. We're go. We're going to have our ninth wonder of the world is the new Taco Bell of the future. Allie Johnson, they're cutting back on their dining room seating and adding a second drive through lane. Whoa. Dedicated to pickup orders made on its app. So you have one lane where you go in where you're just like, I want to go to Taco Bell because I'm driving by and I need me a oh, chalupa and, and a Pepsi. Express lane? And then they have another lane where there's like, oh, you ordered on the app. And you're like, pick up for Allie, please. And they're like, great. We see your app order is da 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 And then you're like, yep. And then you have a special lane for you because you went through the app. All right. Well, you know what I don't like about this is that I I know that people are going to try and order ahead of time and they're going to go there because as soon as you get in that drive through, especially at a Taco Bell, you want all of the things on the menu. <laughs> so they're going to change and their minds. You're going to. Yes, they're going to go up to the window and they're going to be like, Allie, with two Taco Supremes. And I'm like, God, I want a Crunchwrap and I want a Gorgina and I want a cheese quesadilla. And I want and, you know, and they have to redo the entire order because of our drunk asses. Uh huh. That's exact. So maybe they should have a drunk lane. People pull into that lane and then there's people that are standing there and then there's actually like Uber drivers that like get in your car for you and drive you home. So not only is Taco Bell keeping you safe, but then it's also like they're really patient because they know you're going to order everything on the menu and that's the drunk lane, but it doesn't interrupt everybody else. Mm. Done. We have come up with so many good ideas on the show. Yes. Thank you. Let's do it. We're in business together. We will be right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Allie Johnson. James Simmons. Whether you are a sports fan or not, I felt quite ally proud to be an American last week. We we haven't had a chance. (laughs) Proud to be an American. Proud to be an American. That is a reference to drop 
uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, which I I may or may not have had a chance to watch. We'll have to talk about that. Um, It's a very, very interesting story. I feel like we have to save this story because it is a it is a uh, this is a light was a life changing moment. This drop watching Drop Dead Gorgeous on HBO Max, which is streaming now on HBO Max. But not only am I I'm proud to be an American like a beauty queen, but I also was proud to be a basketball fan and a sports fan because the Milwaukee Bucks last week decided that they were not going to play game five of their first round of their playoff series in protest of the uh, shooting of Jacob Blake by police officers in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And that started a domino effect that was really, really, really tremendous. And I, I, I'm such a big basketball fan. I don't think that's any surprise to anybody. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks are fine. They're not my favorite team, or I don't hate them, whatever. But they, this is in their community. Kenosha is close to Milwaukee. And this is in their community, in their state. And for them to put their careers on the line and paychecks and all these other things, I mean, there are huge ramifications for them, quite literally just not showing up and boycotting the game, um, was a really, really big deal. And it started something that was really has now sort of become a movement in sports. And I could not be more proud to be a sports fan. I saw a headline in SF Gate that said, you're either with the NBA or you're an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> and I was true. like, that uh, and it did say it was not, it was an op-ed, but it does kind of come down to that where if you're, and it made me think of Colin Kaepernick, right? When he was mm-hmm. taking a stand and kneeling during the national anthem and the franchise didn't support him really. I mean, they, they, I guess allowed him to play, allowed, but yeah. they basically blackballed him from the league. Now they're saying that was a mistake, but it made him stand alone in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the NBA now is so supportive of them doing this and they're having the conversations of, okay, do we, you know, they're sitting down and saying, do we stop the season? Do we end the playoffs? What do we do here? You know, uh, allowing the, the players to wear their Black Lives Matter shirts and to talk about Breonna Taylor and to talk about Jacob and to talk about all of them. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see the NBA supporting the people that want to speak their voice. Yeah, it, it really is something huge. And there were, you know, there were other, there were baseball games that did not happen as well. And the WNBA too, Yeah, you know, I it's also no secret, I'm a big fan of the WNBA. And they have been probably the, as an organization, the most vocal and the most socially, social justice, you know, um, a rallying, if you will, for lack of a better word, for a very long time um, and have have really uh, sort of led the charge in all of this. And they were the same way. They were like, we're, you know, we're discussions about not finishing the season. And this is this is so landmark in that not only it's there's so many people out there who are like, oh, just shut up and dribble. Um, which John Wall, who's a, a, a guard for uh, the Washington Wizards, said that. he's like, Oh, yes, that's right. I will, saw that. Yeah, we will no longer just shut up and dribble. There's so many people who say those things, but there's there's an interconnectedness and a tie between sports and politics and life that cannot be severed. And, it, you know, if you think that they don't belong together, you're wrong. There have been so many people who who have made such huge political statements and really changed the, the, the cultural thinking about race and about gender and about orientation and all, and all of these things through sports. And so well, the fact that these players are still doing it is tremendous. You know, you're absolutely right. And think about how this completely changed the conversation mm-hmm. from, from when, from when this incident happened in Wisconsin with Jacob Blake and the protests that were going on and reading about that, Right. And then seeing everything take such a shift when these boycotts started to happen, these yep. walk-offs, and not only the players, announcers, and ten, mm-hmm. ten, I mean, a lot of people, mm-hmm. 
and how now it has gotten all of us talking more about it. That's the point of doing this. So if you're complaining about why sports should stay sports and they should not get political, uh, once it bleeds into your, quote, entertainment and you can't escape from something, yeah, that's going to make you angry. And it needs to happen because they shouldn't even have to do that. No, they, they shouldn't have to. And it should also tell you something that your entertainment, your people who are being paid millions and millions of dollars to entertain you, to play a game, are realizing that what is going on in the world that might not be directly impacting you is so big and is really impacting all of us on a global scale that they are not entertaining you. I'll be really curious to see as we go into the U.S. Open now, too, because Naomi Osaka decided not to finish the Western Southern Open last week. And so um, it will be great. I am proud of my sports peeps. Uh, I am not proud of the police, but we have more about that coming up on Drop the Subject. Yes, Dr. Errol Southers joins us next. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson and Dr. James Simmons, nurse practitioner. I am on right now with a good friend and somebody we love to bring on the show whenever possible. It's always tough to get him because he is busy, busy, busy. But Dr. Errol Southers, an internationally recognized expert on counterterrorism, public safety. He's been the professor of practice and national and Homeland Security at USC. He's the director of the Safe Communities Institute at USC as well. Dr. Errol, welcome back to the show. Happy to have you as always. Hi, Ali. Thanks. Always glad to be here. Yes, we're always happy to have you. And obviously, there's a lot to talk about since we last spoke. I believe the last time we spoke, it was after the, the killing of George Floyd. And here we are again, big situation happening in Kenosha, but many other instances between George Floyd and Jacob Blake. And I just wanted to kind of get your top line thoughts about the situation in Kenosha specifically, because this city, as I've been reading, has such a history of racism. And I wondered, you know, we've talked before about police reform and how do you even begin to dismantle a city like Kenosha where racism is so ingrained in the culture? You've actually hit the nail right on the head, Ali. You're talking about culture. And unfortunately, when chiefs of police and departments say we need more training, and they start talking about things like de-escalation and implicit bias. Unfortunately, many of those departments and those officers are simply checking the box. There's a culture in law enforcement that has to be removed. And until that happens, we will continue to see more of the same. This is not a matter of officers receiving training and understanding what's right and wrong. What you've got here is a culture. And quite frankly, when you train people and outfit people and give them equipment for war. They're not going to go into a community to do anything but engage in that kind of activity. So we've got to stop doing things the way we used to. As Einstein said, definition of insanity is when you continue to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. And where do you even begin? I mean, it seems that we've been and I say we, but I really especially mean the black community has been screaming at the top of their lungs for centuries, literal centuries now, and things continue to not change. Do things like the boycott of at the NBA and things like that, does that help? Does that create change? Do you know anything about what we've been doing this year and how it's changed versus previous years? Well, I'll say when you've got professional athletes that stop a playoff season because of social justice, racial injustice, that's huge. That is absolutely huge. They're demonstrating to you that there's a world out there that we're part of, and that's more important. 
The other thing I want to mention is that we have now seen departments respond because the thing that matters most to departments is being threatened, and that's their funding. So for years, as you know, we've heard, we need more training, we need more training, and people back off a bit, protests, someone else gets killed, we have protests, we need more training. Now it's protests because someone gets killed, defund the police, and now we have everybody's attention. So I think you're in a period here where, as we discussed last time, this is a movement, because let's face it, the world saw George Floyd get murdered in real time, and that's extraordinary, and that changed the game. For many, many years, people in, in the community used to say these things were happening. I can tell you as a kid, and you know my story about becoming a police officer, where you yeah. say something happened and you call and they say it didn't. Well, like I always say, unfortunately, cops didn't get worse. Cell phone technology simply got better, and now we're seeing videos. And so I do think you're going to see the change. The other thing that has to happen, we have to hold mayors and city councils accountable. They appoint chiefs and they have to stop appointing the person who takes the best interview and appoint the person who really understands what community engagement means and how they're going to move the needle on that department. What do you think about this whole defunding the police movement? I, know, I don't know if last time we spoke, we really got into the nitty gritty of that. What in your mind is the most successful way to, quote, defund the police as far as taking billions and millions of dollars out of these police forces? I mean, you've been in law enforcement for a very long time. You spent a long time there. And are they overfunded? And do you believe that they should be defunded and put elsewhere? I don't believe they're overfunded. I do believe that there are resources that could be reallocated within the department. And I do believe that those resources could be used for other personnel. Let's face it, as we say now, since George Floyd, and it's really come out, not every call for service from a person in the community requires two people, two strangers with weapons showing up at the front door. Unfortunately, in America, especially, we live in a 911 society. Police officers get called when there's a life-threatening incident. They get called when someone's car won't start in front of their house. We have to stop doing that. I believe that we should triage these calls. There are calls where you could have counselors, you could have paramedics only, you could have community service officers only. Instead, we send officers there with weapons unnecessarily, diverting those critical resources from calls that they might be needed at. That's where you could take funding if you're going to reallocate funding in the department and put it toward those psychological, social services personnel and experts that might be on those other calls. So I think that's a good way to do it. I want to say that people need to understand attrition in police departments happens so routinely and so regularly that if you don't hire consistently, you can't even stay at the level you're at. So between retirements, resignations, and injuries that are career ending, you're losing officers constantly. If you just stopped hiring at a department the size of LAPD for a couple of months, you would lose literally tens, but I would say dozens, if not perhaps hundreds of officers over time just because of those issues. So people need to understand that hiring is not going to stop. You may decrease that activity, but just by doing that's going to decrease the flow of people into the department. But there is money that should be allocated. And what I would suggest, Allie, is a peer review assessment of the police department by other former police officers to determine what do they really need. How much money do they really need? We are talking with Dr. Errol Southers of USC. He's a professor of the practice in national and homeland security. Also spent many, many years in law enforcement. We have more questions for Dr. Errol, of course. So stay tuned. We will be right back with more Drop the Subject. 
Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Allie Johnson. I'm talking to Dr. Errol Southers from USC, uh, a friend of the show. We love having Dr. Errol on at any time that we can. And where we left off, we were talking about uh, police reform, defunding the police, where to reallocate some of the money that police uh, forces are getting. And I wanted to kind of touch on something that we we touched on last time, which was weeding out the bad cops, right? Mm -hmm. When a police officer joins the force, they have to undergo a lot of testing, right? Psychological testing, background checks, uh, physical exams, all that stuff. Does that happen ever again? Do you think that reevaluating some of these police officers, especially if there are complaints lodged in their direction, do you think that would help? What is the system to weed out the bad cops? You know, Ali, that's a great question. And you're obviously very astute on that process because you named everything that happens. That's not a bad idea. That is not something that's normally done unless something happens. So the only time I would imagine you would go back into speak with a psychologist or psychiatrist is after a shooting. It's almost mandatory. I can tell you as a person just, just talk about myself. I mean, I went to the FBI from the Santa Monica Police Department. I spent four years in the FBI, mostly undercover and on SWAT. When I came back to Santa Monica Police Department and went through a psychological evaluation, I was a very different Errol Southers hmm. um, than I was when I left at the police department. Not so different that I couldn't perform, but I was a different person. The other thing I want to mention, too, is that it is extremely difficult to fire bad cops. But the problem is exacerbated when you do get fired. There are five states, including California, where you keep your what's called post or peace officer standards and training certificate for three more years. And you can go anywhere else with an active certificate to be a peace officer, even though you've been fired. And more importantly, if you do a background check on me after I've been fired, unless I've signed a waiver, you will not be told what I've been fired for. Wow. So we have officers who bounce to departments after they've been fired, because this is how it is. What we're trying to do now to stop that is we're working on a national registry. There are numerous measures that are out there legislatively that recommend this. And I'm happy to say, Ali, we've got community activists. We have law enforcement departments, law enforcement unions, believe it or not, and legislators on both sides of the aisle that agree a registry is necessary, where anyone who's fired or resigns in lieu of misconduct to be fired, we place this registry so everybody will know. And then you can get away from unknowingly hiring someone who's been terminated because of misconduct. That is an article that you wrote, right? Is that on your website? Where can people kind of find out more about that? Because I saw that and I would love to know more. It is on our website. It's sci.usc.edu. I talk about why a registry is necessary. Uh, You'll be the first to hear we're calling it the Lewis Registry after John Lewis. Oh, and, wow. the ac- and the acronym Lewis stands for Law Enforcement Work Inquiry System. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very creative. Thank you. Now, I just wanted to ask you as well about specifically the situation with Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, obviously, Jacob Blake was shot, I believe, eight times is what we know now. Uh, he had a weapon in his car, but he did not have a weapon on him when he was walking away from the police. Now, on the other hand, Kyle Rittenhouse had, I believe, an AK-47, was walking around in broad daylight and uh, was able to kill two people and then go home and then be arrested peacefully. Wanted to ask you specifically about how often people like Kyle Rittenhouse show up at these protests and 
and are not reprimanded by the police that are there monitoring the situation. Unfortunately, it is more common than we think. So let's talk about what happened at Kenosha before Rittenhouse engaged in the shooting. Two days after the unrest started, a militia group there put on Facebook that they were seeking people who might be willing to help curb the disturbance. In the first night, they got a thousand people that were interested. By the time Rittenhouse was out there, they had 5,000 people who said they would volunteer. And you're in an open carry state, and many of them showed up. There's a new data set that's out. It started on May 27th, two days after George Floyd was murdered. We've now had 497 times since May 27th that vigilantes and far-right actors have shown up in opposition to Black Lives Matter type movements. There have been 64 assaults during those times. On 38 occasions, vehicles were driven into the crowd. And on nine times, shots were fired. You and I both know that had those vehicles been driven by a quote-unquote international terrorist, it would be world news if it happened one time. 38 times, protesters have been driven over and crashed into by vehicles in this country, and nobody knows about that. I mean, let that sink in. That is that is staggering, those stats. And the fact that you have to look for those instances and they're not world news, as you're saying, is unbelievable. And what is the what is the mentality? What is the reasoning for these vigilantes to, quote, restore order, as somebody like Tucker Carlson would say? (laughs) Well, the one thing that's going to happen is people are going to certainly have to come to grips with the fact that many of these groups are, let's just say, emboldened by the fact that the police are not going to act when they show up. As we saw with Rittenhouse the other night, that is not uncommon. We have instances where officers are fist bumping these individuals while they're out there. They told Rittenhouse that they were glad that he was there. We have instances where officers are now being disciplined in departments because they're members of these far-right groups. I can tell you that Chief Rashal Brackney in Charlottesville, yes, the same Charlottesville since the unfortunate death of Heather Heyer, She's now the chief there, and she now has a dis- as a disqualifier for employment to her department is affiliation with a hate group. You cannot be a cop there anymore. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things, again, when I say reform, you need chiefs that are willing to take that to the mat and not let people do it. By and large, to answer your question, there's a call, of course, perpetuated by statements as recent as the president's acceptance of the nomination. The you know, law and order is code, and they know that when they go out there, they're going to be able to do this unaffected. The numbers that I gave you demonstrate there is no fear. Rittenhouse is a classic example of the lack of fear with regards to going out, killing someone, getting on the phone and telling his friends about it, and walking by the police with an AK-47 and was totally ignored. I can't believe, I mean, you talk about that law in Charlottesville and you, these things happen and you're like, these changes happen. You're like, how is that not a thing already? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, it's like, yeah, you shouldn't be a member of a hate group in order to be a cop. Like what is happening? Anyway, before we go, I wanted to ask you about, you have uh, an event that you've been coordinating with Arnie, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's going on with that? Thank you so much. We have a summit on race and equality that's going to be October 16th, 17th and 18th. Uh, will be sponsored by Twitch. We're going to have eight panels on that weekend takeover of about five and a half hours of panels each day. We've got a number of big names committed. Um, I, I can't say who right now because I want to make sure that we're okay, but I, I will give you, I'll give you a little bit of a teaser. We've got Will Smith. 
So we're going to be. That's the best name that you could tease us with. Thank you for that. (laughs) But we have athletes, celebrities, millennials, Gen Z, LGBTQ community. We're going to do panels on race and policing, race and sports, race and Hollywood, race and voting rights. It's going to be fantastic. And we're going to talk about what's being done. We're not going to have these sessions where we all sit and pontificate about what needs to happen. We're going to be talking to people who are actually doing things so we can move the needle on race, diversity, and inequality in America. I can't wait. You can find out more about that on Errol's website at errolsouthers.com. That's E-R-R-O-L-L, Southers, uh, that's S-O-U-T-H-E-R-S.com. Dr. Errol Southers from USC, professor of practice in national and homeland security and a longtime uh, law enforcement member, FBI, SWAT team, spy (laughs) games. We've talked to you. We've talked to you about all kinds of great things. And Errol, it's always great having you and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you for all you do. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject. Allie Johnson, James Simmons. I'm just going to do it this time so I don't forget. Jesse, this... Yes, 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 yes. What are you doing? I'm blotting the grease. It's the best part. Ah, there we go. I did it. I didn't forget. Okay, so you know sometimes when you're, I don't know about you listeners or Allie, you know, you and I both have talked about how we both have lost significant amounts of weight in our life. And I have managed to put a significant amount of weight back on during COVID and dissertation and new jobs and all of these different things. And so now that life is a little bit calmer, I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. And I really got into the science and the research and I'm like, keto really works if you do it right. There's this whole thing about your insulin set point and insulin triggers gluconeogenesis and all these things and blah, blah, blah. It is not a sustainable way to eat for the rest of your life, probably. But to get some weight off in a fairly healthy way, if you are a healthy individual, otherwise healthy, like you can do keto. It is okay. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try keto and I'm going to do it. I tried keto once before and I kind of didn't do it right. I wasn't tracking or whatever. So this time I'm doing keto. So all through the vacation, I had planned like one day where I was just going to like go off keto, drink whatever I wanted to drink, eat whatever I wanted to eat. So I'm like, okay, let's go to the store and let's get some bacon because I'm going to need bacon. It's kind of a keto staple. Well, you got to eat the right amount, right? You can't just eat like 4,000 pieces of bacon every day and be like, I'm doing keto. (laughs) So I get this block of bacon that's called bits and pieces. And Chris grabs a package of bacon. Then he's like, look, this one has no sugar and it's uncured and da, 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 da. But I look at it. And I'm like, no, it's got sugar and it's got all this stuff. We're getting this block, this chunk of bacon called bits and pieces. It's got no sugar, none of this crap in it. So I get two of them. And the first day we go and I make breakfast and I make all this bacon and Chris doesn't really want any. And I'm like, oh, these bits and pieces only really amount to like maybe six pieces of bacon. So okay. I eat the whole thing. The whole package the just whole package of bacon because it's just little nuggets so you're just kind of constantly like throughout the day like eating these little things of nut of bacon and i'm like that's great i only snacked on six pieces of bacon throughout the day that's awesome so the next morning comes around and chris is like oh that breakfast was good and i want to try that bacon you tried it he's like but how many like how many calories is it what is it and i'm like oh yeah well let me look so i flip the thing over and it's like you know 400 trillion grams of fat per <laughs> serving and 60 calories per serving. And I'm like, okay, there are 41 (laughs) servings in the package. 
So I ate 2,460 calories worth of bacon all by myself the day before. And I proceeded to crap my brains out on vacation. And I was like, well, at least I'm getting skinny like Naomi Campbell because I can't leave the damn toilet. So not only were there fires going on everywhere and we can't really do anything because it's Oh, there was a fire going on. There was a fire going on where I didn't (laughs) want it going on. Anyway, that is my Monday Munch Report. If you are doing keto, just read the package on the bacon, please. Oh my God, that is amazing. I can't follow that up. So so my my only thing was... We were, uh, you know, over the weekend, well, this past weekend, we were uh, having a little bit of a date night because my wife and I really haven't seen each other that much. We've both been working like crazy. Yeah. And I, I had cooked dinner and then, you know, we ate dinner and then Katie's going, I really want cookies. And she's looking at me like I'm supposed to do something about that. <laughs> And then if I don't say anything, she'll just keep repeating it. And I keep going like, I was like, yes, I'm not going to the store to get you cookies. So then she goes, I'm going to make cookies. And I was like, okay, you go. I was like, you can go ahead and make your cookies. You can solve your own problem. And then she goes, let's cook together. I was like, no, you make the cookies. (laughs) Oh, she's trying to do like a romantic, you know, wifey (laughs) thing. No, that's not what happens. Oh, oh. The let's cook together ends up being I will get out a bowl and make and then I will end up doing everything. And then Allie does everything else. Got it. Right. Exactly. So I'm not getting roped in. I said, <laughs> like I will literally read the ingredients to you from the couch. And that's all I'm doing. <laughs> Whilst playing my game. Exactly. So she's mixing things together. She, we don't have a lot of ingredients to make cookies. We don't keep a lot of that baking type stuff in the house. So she's uh-huh. she's subbing regular flour for almond flour. She's subbing else for like wheat flour. And she's got whatever. She's making all these substitutions. So then she's mixing it up and she's so excited. She's like, it's the right consistency. It tastes great. I add a little brown sugar and she makes these little cookie rounds and then she puts them in the oven and they come out and they taste. She did not like them, but (laughs) they tasted exactly like pancakes. Whoa. And I was like, you good. Yeah. I thought it was good. I was like, you just made cookie pancakes. That's awesome. And I don't know how it was fantastic. Yes. I was like, you created some kind of a new food hybrid. I know everyone's freaking out about pancake cereal, (laughs) but it's all about pan cookies. Right. I was ready to just put a little dollop of butter and a little syrup. Oh my God, it was delicious. Whoa. And is that is that the name? Pan, is that what you settled on? Pan cookies? Because I'm trying to think, could you do it the other way around? Cookie, cookie pan cakes? Cooks. Pan cakes? Cook cakes? I don't cook know. Cakes. The jury's out. Please help us. Come up with a name for this hybrid food so that we can start our own internet trend. Can, can Katie cookies. make them? Can she make them with bacon next time and send me some? Okay, sure. <laughs> and then we'll all crap our brains out together. Hooray! Monday Munch. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. New Channel Q, Allie and James. We are just so damn happy to be back with y'all. And we really do mean that. We love all your comments and your messages and all of the stuffs. And you guys really do reach out to us on social media, and we really appreciate it. So continue to do that. If you haven't before, please go be our friend and reach out to us. Most of the time when you get dumb messages back, it's Jesse. But when you get really funny stuff back, it's, it's me. Us. Oh. No, just just me. I'm kidding. We all write you, you back. you get a double it's- tap heart, it's me. <laughs> you get a double tap heart, and that's it. It's us. No, we're at, at DTS Show on the Instagrams and the Twitters. Uh, and we love when you get us there. You're Allie Johnson as well. And I am Ask the NP. Speaking of asking the NP, one of the most 
most biggest questions, the big bigliest questions that I've gotten. The most <clears throat> smartest. Re- most oh god, most <laughs> smartest. We have to do we need to do best an entire damn tapper. Best damn tapper, most, most smartest. smartest. <laughs> Hate to follow that one. <laughs> She's an angel, angel that, that one. one. <laughs> We're gonna do an entire D block. Of just Allie and I quoting the greatest Dropped movie of all time. It's on HBO Max, everyone. You got to rewatch it. You have to go get it. Okay, we will talk about this later in the week, I promise you. Unfortunately, one of the things we do have to talk about right now is the fact that the first documented case happened last week of an individual being reinfected with COVID-19. This is a thing. And now this is not where we hit the panic button, but this person was tested positive and they, what they did is they looked at the RNA. You know, we talk a lot about RNA. They looked at the RNA of the of the different strands, and they were two very different strains. You know, this virus mutates about every two weeks, and so that's some of the thoughts why some of parts of the United States and other parts of the world were hit harder than others because maybe some of the strains were more lethal than some of the other later strains of coronavirus that have mutated. So this person had two separate strains of SARS-CoV-2. The second one, he had much milder symptoms. In fact, was most of the time not symptomatic at all. So this is the first documented case. It's in a Japanese man, 33-year-old. He had just returned from Europe. And, oh, wow. And young guy. Young guy. Yep. And they had they do really intensive airport screenings in Japan when you come into the country. So they actually screened him at the airport, tested him at the airport. He got his test results back the next day. And he's like, how am I positive again? Went through the whole thing. So what this starts to tell us from a science standpoint is that, remember, the common cold is often caused by one of the family of coronaviruses. So you get a common cold or lots of people do once a year or every couple of years or whatever. So even though you have been exposed to one coronavirus, that virus mutates and then can later on infect you again because it's a different mutation. But maybe you don't get as sick because your body has already been exposed to this. It has like a certain amount of antibodies that it's built up, right? You got it. Yeah. A certain amount of immunity. So against it's like getting that. a different flu every year. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. And so this is something that the scientific community has known for a long time, has guessed would probably start to happen with SARS-CoV-2, that as much as this virus does not act like other coronaviruses, it's still a virus and it's still an infectious virus that jumps from human to human. And there are certain things about these infectious viruses that jump human to human that sort of they all tend to kind of act the same. Um, And so this is the first documented case of this. I am betting that... As we go on in the fall, we're going to start seeing a lot more of this. And I hope and pray that just like this gentleman, people's second exposure and second positivity is a much milder case than their first one. (sighs) Can you believe that this is happening? (laughs) (laughs) No. Like sometimes you just take a step back and you're like, what the what the hell uh-huh. is going on uh-huh. and then yes of course you're getting you're you're the first guy that's been gotten covid twice <laughs> you're like this is how i wanted to go down in history he's right. probably like doing something cool like you know <laughs> developing an app or like he's a fourth grade math teacher like who knows what he's no i, who think, knows? He's a, I think he's a developer actually i don't know but he, <laughs> anyway like he's like trying to do something cool with his life and I'm like damn it I'm now I'm going to be labeled forever as the guy who got coronavirus twice. I'm the first guy in the world that ever got (laughs) coronavirus twice. My God. 
Well, we'll uh, we'll be right back. What do we have in store? That's right. We don't know either. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Oh, we are happy to be back. Allie and James, we're very glad to be back with you. And we hope you have enjoyed hearing our lovely voices on the airwaves of Channel Q again. But of course, it was wonderful to have Dr. Jen keep you company. I am sure she is a glorious person. It's always nice to get relationship advice. Just any free advice is always a good time. So uh, it will continue. If you reach out to us at DTS Show, you can always reach out to Dr. Jen as well. And I'm sure all of us will be happy to get back to you, double hearts or no. What have you been... I I thought before we got out of here, we could kind of... Give a couple of movie and TV recommendations, James, because I have gotten into a real weird rabbit hole with things that I'm watching. I uh, just finished up watching a reality show about welders. So what are you watching? (laughs) Of course you are. Apparently, it's time for renewal of your lesbian card. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I posted a picture in my Subaru, so that kind of renewed it for a little while. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. Uh, if I'm watching a competitive reality show about welders, then I think that's an automatic renewal. I think that's the equivalent of not having to go into the DMV. Wait, is this the one where they make like swords and stuff or they make weapons? <laughs> no, they make like <laughs> glass blowing. <laughs> no, go watch the one where they make weapons. That they one's actually... Swords? Super, super cool. There is one, and there, there. These people are really into this. This is a thing, right? This is like one of those underground cultures that people just don't know about. And there are people all over the country that low key, not even low key, high key, have like full on barns, and they make old school weapons, like like from the Middle Ages, and they make like, like these... Game of Thrones weapons. Yes, yes. Like, and here they... we go, giant hatchets. That's exactly what they do. And there is a competition for this. And there's like, they, they these guys come on and they're experts and they like judge the weights of it. And they're like, oh, well, the handle was made of, you know, pine wood, but it really should sure. have been made of like, da, 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 whatever. And they like get so into it. And the next thing you know, you may or may not have eaten a few gummies and watched like 17 of these episodes. And you're like, <laughs> I know more about medieval weaponry than I ever wanted to know. But you know what? This is the time. Why not? I don't give a crap anymore. I'm watching a show about glass blowing, and I'm like, fine. You know, Who the synchronized swimming. Yes, at any random thing where it's like, I watched that Rubik's Cube documentary. I Wait, watched what? another thing about like Mario Brothers. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, bring it on. There's I'll watch Allie, any random documentary. There is some phenomenal basketball going on in the world right now. Phenomenal. We are in the middle of the NBA playoffs. First round just finished last week. Like, mm-hmm. well, for some, like you, there's fantastic basketball going on right now. So that that's really what we've been watching, even during vacation. Like we, because you know, I got the YouTube TVs. <clears throat> YouTube TV, you should buy it. <laughs> YouTube TV. Okay, so YouTube TV, and you can watch it. So we're like watching basketball games, like listening to them in the car while we're driving. We're like watching them in the camp. We're watching like where we were oscillating between like fire coverage and basketball coverage. It's really really great. These guys. Well, the women with the WNBA and their whole in the wobble, they're killing it too. But the NBA playoffs now, it is some incredible basketball that is going on that I don't think we would be having if it wasn't for them all being together in the bubble. It's really crazy. So they're all, they've all just got more energy than normal. Well, it's, it's weird because <laughs> there's, there's like a couple of them who are like talking some mess to each other. And then they literally saw each other the next day at breakfast. 
because they're all like living together. Wow. And then they like squashed it. And then it was this like whole thing on Twitter. And they like Donovan Mitchell has been putting up like unbelievable, like he's up there with like MJ and, and, um, Michael or Magic Johnson in terms of like triple doubles in the playoffs. Like these guys are playing out of their mind because all they're having to do is play basketball. They're not wow. being distracted by travel or families or like press, like whatever. They're just playing basketball and then they're playing video games with their buddies at night. They're all eating breakfast in the cafeteria. Like it's like college again for these guys. And it is turning out some great ball. Wow. Well, balls, fire, welding, glass blowing, whatever your choice is. <laughs> Those are some recommendations to take you into the rest of your day. And we will see you tomorrow. Balls, fire. Um, And tomorrow we're going to adjust the tip Tuesday. That's always a good time. A game for you're the worst. We're bringing that back. Uh, James is going to tell you about flu shots because that's important to go over. Uh, We're going to do some open close action and coming to terms, a new relationship term that you may not know about yet. Of course, we will all learn about it together. We will see you then. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Get out of here. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.